0: Father, we just saying, Jesus is my life. We agree with you, God, that the path that we had chosen for ourselves was not a path that led to life, but that you came and rescued us from sin and darkness and death. And we praise you for that. We praise you for the wonderful news of the gospel message. And God, we pray that you would strengthen us to do our part in bringing that message to the nations. And would you please open our hearts now and fill us with the Holy Spirit as we open your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can see the title of a sermon today, The Relationship Between a Church and a Missionary. We're walking through the book of Romans, and uh, we're just at a section in the book of Romans where it feels almost like a newsletter that the missionary Paul has written to the church at Rome. Um, Most missionaries appreciate being supported. I can say that because I was a missionary once, and uh, we appreciate the financial support, of course, so we can keep doing what we're doing, Uh, but also other different kinds of support, the fellowship support, the logistical support, things like that. Um, As I said, I was a missionary for a season of my life. For six years, I was on staff of Campus Crusade for Christ uh, in foreign lands like Wisconsin and Iowa for five of those years. Um, and then for one of those years I was in Turkey and it was that year in Turkey that especially um, I I felt some of these things more strongly I felt the benefit of that support that I had, and there were two specific ways when I was in Turkey that I felt encouraged and supported one of those was advice there were some people back in the States that just knew more about doing ministry in Turkey than I did and sometimes I got to talk on the phone with them one time one of those guys came and visited and met with our team and I was just so appreciative for the advice and the insight that they had for me. And I felt supported as they talked with me. And then another way that I felt supported was with care packages. Uh, two of them in particular. For one of them, um, this may shock some of you, but for about half the year in Turkey, I went without Mountain Dew. And um, I, I did it, by the way. You know, I didn't enjoy it, but I did it. And, um, but then I found a place in a city of two, mil- two million people, there was one place that I found that finally sold Mountain Dew in 12 packs. I think they got it from the American Air Base and that's whoa, like gold. Uh, and when my mom heard about that, she sent money over so that I could buy myself Mountain Dew for the rest of my year there. So that I felt really encouraged by that. Um, but then another one, um, there my, my former teammates in Wisconsin, they sent a care package to me. And I remember one of those things that they sent in the care package, it was a CD of a band that I had never heard of before at that time called Casting Crowns. And it was a worship CD. And I was just so grateful for that worship CD that they sent. A little, little slice of American worship music that I could enjoy there. And it made me feel like there are people back there who are supporting me in what I was doing when I was in Turkey. Uh, my goal was to bring the gospel to people who didn't yet know Jesus as their Savior and Lord and I was encouraged to know that there were people back home that supported me in that well again in our passage of scripture today we see the Apostle Paul writing as a missionary to a church in Rome and it's a good example for us again just like we talked about last Sunday this passage is very much connected to the last passage we looked at Paul stands forth as a shining example of what to do with the gospel and bringing it to the nations. But we get something else added in this passage today, and we see how a church can support a missionary. So we're going to walk through uh, first the context of what Paul was doing in his travels, but then the next three things that we're going to look at are going to be things that the church in Rome could do to support Paul, and they stand as examples for us of what we can do to support missionaries. (laughs) So that's that's where we're going in our passage today. Um, but as I did last Sunday, I just want to quickly remind you of the gospel message and why we, why we do this. Why are there missionaries out there? Why do we as the church support people to bring the gospel to the nations? Well, it's because the gospel is so good. And I just quickly want to remind you, The gospel is the message that we are sinners, that every single one of us has offended God with what we've done and with what we've not done. And the penalty for our sin is death, and not just physical death, but eternal separation from God would be our penalty unless God stepped in and did something because there's nothing that we could do. But God did just that. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, and then to die on the cross for our sins. And as he did that, he took our sin upon himself, our sin payment upon himself, and died for us. But you know the story then, three days later, he rose from the dead, showing his power over sin and death and the devil. That anyone who receives Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord can have forgiveness of sins and an eternity-long relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful message. It's a message that should be proclaimed And we know that our response to it is to be a response of faith. That word faith means trust. It means believe. It means a giving over of our life to Him. So that instead of going on our path of life that we had chosen for ourselves, we submit to God and give our lives to Him. We enter into that relationship with Him, we become His children, and we get to live with Him forever. That's the gospel message, and it is worth bringing to the nations. And those who go with that message are called missionaries. And we can't all go, right? Not every single one of us can just up and go right now. In fact, I think that many of us are called to stay here and to be light shining here. Nevertheless, we should all be engaged in this missionary work of the gospel. There are things that we can do right here to be engaged in the gospel going forth to the nations. So my big idea for today is we should all be engaged in missions, okay? We might think, well, I'm not a missionary, so I guess that gets me off the hook. Well, no, it doesn't. We should all be engaged in missions. Some will go, some will stay, but we can all be engaged. Okay, so again, we're going to walk through our passage today, um, and the first thing that I want to do is I want to look at the context of Paul's travels. And as as we do that, I want to read the entire passage today, Romans 15 starting in verse 23, reading through the end of the chapter. Paul says, But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to see you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to visit you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the saints there, for Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this fruit, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there, so that by God's will I may come to you you with joy and together with you be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Okay. I think it will help to show a map here and I hope this map shows that okay good it kind of shows up there you see four cities on there the four or the four places that are mentioned in this letter starting from the left you've got Spain Rome Corinth and Jerusalem for those of you that can't read it Um, this letter to the Romans was probably written by Paul in the city of Corinth there so you see that that third star from the left if you're counting the one that's called Corinth and in this letter Paul said that he wanted eventually to go to Spain, but but first to visit the people in Rome. So that would be heading west. And that was just right in line with what the Apostle Paul wanted to do. His task given from God was to bring the gospel to people who had not heard it yet, to new places. And the next new place that he wanted to go to was Spain, all the way over there on the west. Uh, in verse 23 Paul said there was no more place for him to work in these regions and don't misunderstand I don't think that Paul is saying that he had personally proclaimed the gospel to every single person from Jerusalem to Rome I think what he was saying was that as a pioneering church planter that he had done his work in those regions and wanted to go on to the next region hence he wanted to go to Spain but instead of just first heading to Rome on his way to Spain going west he decided to take a big side trip going east to Jerusalem in the opposite direction, adding thousands of miles to his journey. And that would be a big deal for us, even in today's age, to add a thousand or even maybe three thousand miles to your journey. But think about it back then. He did most of that travel by land. Uh, Lot, he went out of his way to go to Jerusalem. So I find it pretty fascinating, this guy who was given the God-given task to bring the gospel to new places First went back to Jerusalem. You see, the churches in Macedonia and Achaia, so that's again, the star Corinth there is right there, also maybe churches like Philippi and Thessalonica. The Gentiles there had given a monetary gift that was to be given to the Jews in Jerusalem because for some reason, and it doesn't say exactly why here, but for some reason, they were in great need. Some theologians have suspected that there might have been a, a severe famine that was in Jerusalem. So the Gentiles gave money to Jerusalem, and Paul thought it was worthwhile to hand-deliver that money. You see, there was no Western Union in those days. Uh, To send money was a dangerous thing, and and Paul, according to the Gospel, thought it was so important for the unity of the body, for Jews and Gentiles to be together, that he carried this money with him, adding thousands of miles to his trip, just to make sure that it got there. Okay, Um, and then, after going to Jerusalem, he wanted to get on a boat, probably, and go to Rome, and then to Spain. Uh, Those were his travel plans. Um, So let's take a look now at what kind of things Paul wanted and asked for from the church in Rome. And again, each of these next three things are things that he asked for from them, but they're things that we can also learn from as we support missionaries. So the first one is fellowship. Now, in general, fellowship is important. Whether you're a missionary or not, fellowship is important. It's one of our six core values here at Cornerstone Church. We believe that believers are encouraged and refreshed as we do this life together. Yes, we have a personal relationship with God, but we're encouraged in that personal relationship as we come together and refresh each other and have joy together. Paul talked in verse 23 about how he longed for many years to see the people in Rome. But he couldn't yet because his missionary work of bringing the gospel to new places hadn't yet led him to Rome. So he was hoping to go there, uh, and now his plan was to go there. He wanted, according to verse 24, to enjoy their company, and in verse 32, to have joy and to be refreshed in his fellowship with them. And I love how it was a mutual sort of thing. If you look in Romans 1, verses 11 and 12, Paul had already said, "'I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong.'" That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So Paul wanted to have this fellowship with the people of the church in Rome. Uh, he, he valued the relationship there. And I think, I'm guessing, for part of this, for Paul, was this idea that he knew that he wanted to go to Spain and he wanted more people to be on mission with him. So he was looking uh, for fellowship, but also for that support for them to send him off Rome on his, uh, to Spain on his God-given task as a missionary. You see, missionaries want people to be on mission with them. Am, am I right, those of you from our congregation who have, are or have been missionaries? We want to know that there are people supporting us as missionaries. Not, not that I am currently one now. I'm a missionary to the foreign land of Fergus Falls, uh, where I was born and lived for 18 years, but no. Uh, But for those of us who stay, we can engage with missionaries in fellowship. And let me just give you a couple of suggestions here on how we can do that. One is that we can engage with missionaries through their newsletter and notice that I said engage and not just receive it's super easy to receive a newsletter in fact most of them send them out by email now so you can just get them right on your computer but I want you to engage with them I want you to, to figure out what's going on in their lives and figure out how you can connect with them Oftentimes, these missionaries say hey drop off a line tell us how you're doing um, so engage with them figure out what's going on with them and with their kids and engage with them um, I remember when I was a missionary I sent out my newsletter in the olden <laughs> days by snail mail and uh, there was a guy in Fergus Falls who supported me uh, since passed away his name was Walt Christensen um, many of you probably knew him um, but he got my newsletter and one one day when I saw him he said Eric when I get your newsletter in the mail I don't even sit down until I read it uh, and I was like whoa <laughs> I was like okay it, it was like a a tap on my shoulder from God, basically, is what it felt like to say, hey, this, it's important work, keep going, there's people behind you. Um, and then, like I said, as you read the newsletter, think of ways to encourage. And then the second way is to send a care package. It is amazing how good taco seasoning tasted in Turkey. You won't believe it. It's like <laughs> the food there I didn't love, but then, oh, I have this packet of gold right here, taco seasoning to use. Um, yeah, we can send these people things to encourage them. Um, some of you right now might be thinking, "Okay, this sounds good. Who do I? Who should I do this with?" Well, let me just kind of take a side note, side trip here, and let you know that we have missionaries here at Cornerstone Church that we support. Uh, you can. I hope you've all seen our table out there, our global outreach table that has missionaries that we support. I think we're missing one on there. We're, we're missing the Griffins on there, so I apologize for that. And global outreach team make a note to get the Griffins up there. But uh, so there's one family that we support, Daryl and Valerie. Uh, Their work with the Warao people of Venezuela. The gospel is to go to the ends of the earth. Well that's the ends of the earth and they're going there to take the gospel there. Uh, We've also got the Ospals right here, based out of Fergus Falls, but um, Steve is a missions mobilizer helping churches engage in missions and Kathy works with Justice Initiatives. Uh, wonderful work to rescue and bring the gospel to people who are in horrible situations in sex trafficking uh, in Asia Uh, and by the way they're anti-sex trafficking just (laughs) to make sure about that Um, we've also got the Larsons, who used to be from our congregation and now they serve with training leaders international they go and bring biblical training to leaders around the world who otherwise wouldn't have access to it we have so much access in America they bring that access to other places uh, we support the Gerbrandt, their EFCA missionaries in Cameroon, Africa. They are working to bring the gospel to unreached people groups in Cameroon. Similarly, we've got the Knights, Jay and Robin. Uh, they're working, uh, I believe, with SIM in the Philippines, and they also are working to bring the gospel to unreached people groups in the Philippines. Uh, and then we've got the Pancrases, Jeff and Anna. They uh, have just recently moved to St. Cloud and are doing church planting in St. Cloud, and I just got an update from them, and they're specifically targeting unreached pockets of St. Cloud. And then we've got, uh, as you've heard about today, we've got Talia and Tasha with, with Haiti Mama. Tasha's doing social work there, trying to reconnect children to their families after they had been displaced um, from the earthquake. And then Talia is now going, leaving today, traveling today, we can pray for her. She wants to bring God's word and the gospel to these families that that Tasha is helping out. So all sorts of people that we can connect with and encourage Uh, And then one other note, our small group Bible studies, which which will be starting shortly, we each adopt one or two of these missionaries. And so in our small group last year, we we prayed for them, at least when I remembered to pray for them. That was my fault for forgetting sometimes. And we sent them a care package as well. It's like they kind of became part of our small group on the other side of the globe. Okay. Fellowship is one way uh, to encourage missionaries. Another way is obvious, financial support. And then I also put on there other logistical support. Make no mistake about it here in this passage, Paul was asking for money from the church in Rome. In 24 verse 24, he asked the church in Rome to assist him. That word literally means to help send somebody along their way and it includes the idea of money or other things that they might need. It costs money for Paul to go live in a new place and to bring the gospel there. And he might have needed some other people to go with him. And uh, some people have speculated that perhaps Paul was asking if there was anybody in the church from Rome who could go with him. Perhaps translators to speak a new language there. Uh, But Paul was looking for support. So this assistance that he was asking for was a big deal. He wanted the people of Rome to send him to Spain. But there's also another kind of support that's mentioned in this passage. It's kind of interesting. In verses 25 to 27, we see the money that the Gentiles, remember in in Corinth and Philippi and Thessalonica, they sent money for the poor saints in Jerusalem. Again, there was some sort of need that they had there. So Paul had this monetary gift and was bringing it to Jerusalem. So two different kinds of financial support here we see that we can be engaged in. One is supporting missionaries financially, getting on their support team. And by the way, uh, missionaries usually like monthly support. That's what sustains them. Uh, sometimes they do have some one-time needs that come up. But that's one way that, uh, that we can support people. And then also we've got this um, helping out the poor. And specifically, I wanna, just want to make a note of this. In verse 26, it was the saints, the poor saints, the believers that they were helping out I believe that uh, when God brings us together in Christ that we become a family and we're supposed to look out for our family so we should be looking out for the poor and and especially poor believers Um, so we should apply these verses but before we jump into application I want to mention two words from this passage that that kind of stick out and almost seem like opposites at first regarding our giving it's the word pleased and the word oh It says in here that the churches in Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution. Um, and, And by the way, that word contribution there is literally the word fellowship. Isn't that interesting? They gave money for the poor people, and the Apostle Paul called it fellowship that they gave. Their money showed their fellowship. And it says here that they were pleased to give it. They gave joyfully. But then it also says in there that they owed it. Uh, indeed they owe it to them it says right there in verse 27 they knew that that the gospel had come to them from these Jewish believers and, and they had this obligation then to help them out because they had shared the Jews shared the spiritual blessing the Gentiles shared the physical blessing so there was an obligation um now it's interesting, this, uh, this perhaps it's attention. but I would hope that we both understand that we have an obligation to give and that the money that we have is really a blessing from God. Any money that you have has come because God has allowed it to come to you. And we're really just stewards of it. A- and we should give back to God, but we should also give back cheerfully. It's like in 2 Corinthians 9-7. It says, Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, God loves a cheerful giver okay so our money doesn't belong to us um, we should be joyful in sharing it with the poor and in sharing it with missionaries so just a couple application questions are you supporting missionaries and are you giving to the poor these are things that we should be doing with our money and by the way At Cornerstone, we do both of these. We set aside a significant portion of our budget every year to give to missionaries and to give to the poor. So in one sense, as you support Cornerstone, you are doing these things, but I would also like to suggest that individually we can also be engaged in these things. So yes, I I would recommend that you still give to your local church, but then as God prompts you, perhaps he'll open doors for you to be able to share with missionaries and with the poor as well. And we should do it with a joyful heart. Okay, point number four, prayer support. The end of our passage really feels like the end of a newsletter, doesn't it, with the the prayer request portion at the bottom of it? Uh, Paul urged the Roman church, by Jesus and by the love of the Spirit, to struggle with him in prayer. The word struggle is the word from which we get our word agonize. And I was thinking about that word. Boy, do I I agonize in prayer with, with the missionaries that I'm supporting? Uh, that's you know the kind of prayer that missionaries are looking for isn't just the kind where we hurry up through the prayer request thing and then get on to the next part of our day they're looking for people who will join with them in prayer, struggle with them so again, we can't all go but we can all pray so let's pray for these missionaries and what did Paul ask for prayer for? well there's three things in verses 31 to 32 one, he prayed that he would be rescued from the unbelievers during his trip to Judea Two, he prayed that his service would be acceptable to the saints there. He wanted it to be received warmly, and he wanted them to receive the gift as a blessing from God. And then third, he prayed that he'd be able to go on from Jerusalem to Rome in order to have fellowship with the Romans. So part of what Paul was asking for was for safe travels. Uh, missionary travel can be unpredictable can I get an amen from some of the missionaries out there um, you should ask them some of their stories um, in fact you should ask Valerie about a boat trip that she took not too long ago to the warrau people it's a good story um, I have this story I'll just give you the short version of it but uh, on my way out of Turkey I, I had set up my first date with Christine for the next day it's like okay I'm leaving Turkey I've gotten to know Christine via email and we're gonna uh, have a date so I'm flying back to America so I thought and I checked my luggage and then I go to the, the customs booth and they say where's your visa and I'm like oh no my visa is underneath the airplane right now so anyway long story short in my broken Turkish I convinced somebody to go on the airplane and get my bag and get my visa for me so I could get out of but, but just all sorts of things can go wrong in missionary travel so Paul here was praying for safe travels, and it's again, I, I've said this before many times here, and I'll say it again, it's not wrong to pray for safe travels. It's one of the many things that we can pray for, um, and we should be praying for that. There are other more important things I think that we should also be praying for more often, but uh, safe travels is something that we can pray for. Um, so Paul asked for prayer for three things. Did he get answers? Now that is an interesting question. Uh, for his first request, to be rescued from the unbelievers, um, he actually got arrested by them. <laughs> so he prayed to be rescued, and he got arrested. But not killed, mind you, because that's a really important part as this story moves forward. For his second request, to be warmly received by the saints in Jerusalem, it, it looks like he did. We don't know for sure what kind of reception the believers gave him, but it looks like they, were, uh, they probably warmly received him. And then the third one is, is really super interesting, to be able to come to Rome. Did Paul make it to Rome? He did, as a prisoner. <laughs> so, so Paul prayed for these three things, and it looks like he kind of got his answers by the skin of his teeth. And some, the question that we might ask, well, did prayer really work there? Well, that's not the question I want to ask. The question I want to ask is, what would have happened without prayer? Imagine if he didn't pray for those things, what might have happened to him. I don't want to live my life without prayer. Uh, think of all the things that we, we might just scrape by by the skin of our teeth. I want to be praying to God about those things. So I think that prayer worked. Um, and then as we think about the missionaries we support, it reminds us that we should struggle with them in prayer so that the gospel can go forth. So a couple application questions here. I asked this one uh, recently, a week or two ago, what missionaries are you regularly praying for? I want to encourage you that you should have at least one, if not two, missionary families or more that you are regularly praying for and struggling in prayer for. And and maybe you have other missionaries that you're praying for, but maybe you just want to pick one or two that you can especially struggle in prayer for them. And again, I'd like to be able to come up to you uh, today or next week and say, who is it? What missionaries are you praying for? And then for me to ask you, tell me some specific things that you're praying for for them that they've asked for prayer for. Um, But then also this question, how are you praying for the gospel to go forth? One way that we can do that is by praying for missionaries. And we should be praying for open doors for them to proclaim the gospel, especially as I think about these people who are going to the unreached people groups. Let's pray for doors to be open. But we can also pray that for ourselves, because God can use us to bring the gospel to our neighbors or to our co-workers. Are you praying those same kinds of prayers that we should be praying for missionaries to spread the gospel? Are you praying them for yourself? You're praying for the strength to make the most of every opportunity. And are you living a watchful and prayerful life as God answers those prayers? And and it's interesting. The Apostle Paul was specifically called by God and designated for this assignment of bringing the gospel to the nations. Um, Humanly speaking, we might think, well, hey, God's going to be the one who's going to open the door, so what would we need to pray for Paul for? God's already doing it. But that wasn't Paul's attitude. He knew... That he needed prayer. How much more, then, do we need prayer? A- and the missionaries that we support need prayer as well. Okay, my conclusion, again, it's my big idea. We should all be engaged in missions. What are we doing to help bring the gospel to the nations? And I shared this with you recently. I'll share it again. Three simple ways. We can pray, we can give, we can go. Uh, this passage is focuses passage focuses mainly on praying and giving, but again, we can also go. Like Steve said, we have an opportunity in February to get on a plane and go to Haiti if you want to go. Maybe God's calling you to Spain, like he called Paul to Spain, or some other place, or maybe just next door, or maybe just to have a lunch with somebody to share the gospel, but we can all be engaged in going in some ways, uh, but we can certainly all be engaged in praying and in giving. So what missionaries are you praying for? What missionaries are you supporting? How can we as a church do a better job of praying for and supporting the missionaries that we're affiliated with? And what can we do to go? But please don't miss how this passage ends. It isn't just arm-twisting about giving your money away. Paul's heart in this was the blessing of Christ that we see in verse 29 and the peace of God that we see in verse 33. The blessing of Christ and the peace of God are things that God blesses us with as we do what he wants us to do. So what are the things that God wants us to do? He wants us to be engaged in missions. So as we, by faith, and don't miss the faith part, by faith, as we pray and give and go, we can expect that God will bless us. It may not always be the kind of blessings that you were hoping for. It may not be that as you give, somehow your bank account grows. Although I've heard lots of stories of like that. Uh, there's a phrase out there, and I, I think I'm on board with it. It says, you can't outgive God. Um, I have heard lots and lots and lots of stories in my life about lots of people who have given abundantly to God and for missions. and I've heard lots of stories of how God has provided for those people. you know what story I've never heard? I just have never heard this story that goes like this. I gave a bunch of my money away to God, and I gave so much that I endangered myself and harmed myself. I've never heard that story. There may be some stories out there, but you know what? I've heard way more stories about God providing as we give. And you know what? I believe it's in 2 Corinthians, God tells us that he is the one who supplies seed to the sower, and he's talking about finances, talking about people who will be generous with their money. He supplies seed to the sower. Let's be generous and faithful in our support and in our giving for missionaries. And in general, as we follow God by faith, we can expect his blessing and peace. Isn't that great? I'm not saying that we earn blessing and peace as we give. It's not like we're buying peace from God. But I am saying that as we, by faith, follow God, we can expect blessing of Christ and peace of God. So may the peace of God be with you all as you engage in missions, in the work of the gospel going forth to the nations. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. Uh, for the wonderful gospel message. Thank you that it has come to us. And Lord, if there are any here who have not yet received Jesus as Savior and Lord, we just come before you right now and say, God, I need you. Please forgive me for my sins. I pray to receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And then God, as we think of those who are going, uh, we pray that you would strengthen us to go where you lead us, whether that's next door or to Haiti or wherever else it may be. I pray that we would be faithful to go But God, whether we go or not, I pray that we would be faithful to support those who are going through our prayers and through our giving. God, would you bless us with that seed to sow? Would you strengthen our faith to help us remember that what's really important in this life is that your gospel message would go forth and that more and more people would know Jesus so that we can all live to give you glory. God, help us to be a part of bringing the gospel to the nations the way that you want to do that in us. Please fill us with the Holy Spirit and do what you want to do for your gospel to go forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.